Hi, this is Sue Detweiler, author of Nine Traits of a Life-Giving Mom, and you are listening to On Face Edge with Joe Taylor. He prayed this simple prayer. Lord, let Billy's memories be not be anchors he has to drag along the bottom. Turn them to treasures he can carry with him. And I was different. I was different after that prayer. Thank you, Sue Detweiler, for the introduction. Sue's book, Nine Traits of a Life-Giving Mom, is really a, it's a heartfelt, transparent book, and I, I invite you to pick it up. You can hear my conversation with Sue at onfaithsedge.com slash 49. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 49. Well, hello. Welcome to this 53rd episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith. Last episode, I spoke with author and speaker Marion Pyle about her book, Healed, Healthy, and Whole, how we can beat cancer with integrative therapies and essential healing strategies. Uh, Marion tells us a, a true story about her and her husband and their race against time, uh, fighting her husband's deadly form of bladder cancer. It's it's, it's a journey full of discovery, full of faith, hope, uh, and it leads to the world of integrative therapies and alternative treatments. I uh, I was just found it to be a very very interesting conversation, and uh, her uh, her book has uh, significant validity. So you can hear my conversation. That's my personal opinion. I'm not a doctor, and I've not played one on TV. <laughs> you can hear my conversation with Marion at onfaithsedge.com/fifty-two. That's onfaithsedge.com/fifty-two. Uh, play a uh, play a doctor on TV as a reference to an old commercial or a soap opera. Go off on a tangent here. Where a soap opera soap opera actor came on television, and uh, he he said, "I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV." And he he would go on to give some kind of advice or or recommendation on a medication or something like that. Just a just a foolish foolish commercial. Anyway. Uh, you can hear my conversation with Marion at onfaithsedge.com slash 52. Uh, by the way, congrats to uh, Teresa. Is it, I think it's Teresa or Tressa. I'll just call it Tressa. Tressa Crabtree. Tressa is going to receive a free copy of Healed, Healthy, and Whole. Uh, Tressa, I'll be in, in touch with you uh, shortly. On today's show, I speak with legendary Christian singer-songwriter, Billy Sprague. Uh, Billy is a multi-Dove Award winner. He's, of course, an accomplished singer, songwriter, performer, author, and recording artist. He's probably best known for, uh, for writing the classic Via Della Rosa. Uh, Billy's newest project, Songs in the Key of All, features vocals by Sprague's daughter, Willow. His son, Wyatt, uh, plays on the, the djembe, I think is how you say it there. And, uh, and it features Phil Keggy. I tell you about this conversation. Billy's Billy's been around the Christian music business for a long time, and he offers some real insight on the state of worship music today. And he also takes us down a dark path in his life he, where he questioned the very nature of God, asking whether God is really good and is the power of God real on the day of trouble. I think you're really, really going to enjoy this conversation with Billy Sprague. Hello, Billy. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. Glad, glad to be here. You have a new project out called Songs in the Key of All. First of all, 
what an amazing title. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's a, you know, Stevie Wonder had songs in the key of life, and I'm a worship leader, so I've looked a lot at Acts where the, it says every time they got together, every soul was filled with awe. And I think we, we tend to succumb to the wow a lot, in, mm-hmm. you know, of it being impressive. Right. But the real awe is of the Lord. You know, that's what he did, how he loved, what he made, what's he revealed. And so these are, so, these are worship songs to, uh, I like to say, our worship team, to amplify the awe. When's the last time you put a project out? Well, I had, I've had done two independent ones in the last year's uh, Soundtrack of My Soul, where I finally recorded my own version of Via Dolorosa and right. satisfied my mom. Right, right. And, and then a, a grief CD called Songs to a Grieving Heart that accompanies my book on Harvest House, Letter to a Grieving Heart. But I really didn't, I was busy being worship leader and I didn't promote those. So through a Kickstarter campaign, we've made enough to finish, you know, the project and put a little win in the sales, you know, to hire a radio promoter and some publicity and and make some noise about it so people know it it exists. Kickstarter's amazing, isn't it? It really is. It is. There's a network out there, you know, the the... The Holy Spirit is the original, you know, digital network who yeah. <laughs> can contact any one of us anywhere. But second to that, the Internet, and I, I've been at this a long time, so there's, you're, you're unaware of that network until you test it. And Kickstarter allows you to um, rally your tribe. And, right. they, and people rallied around this, and the money came in to, to finish the project. Yeah, some, uh, uh, John Schlitt, I think... Uh I think he funded his uh, his Christmas album and maybe one other album. Right, absolutely. Ellie Holcomb. Yeah, yeah. It's impressive what what you can do when when uh, when your fans rally around you. And, absolutely, and people. Uh, and it's cha- it's changing the music business. It really is. It is. You know what I mean. Right, but it's still very you know entrepreneurship is the uh, we haven't uh, I lived in Nashville a long time and they have an expression dreaming is hard work. You you know you know that you got to get up in the morning you got to turn the microphone on you got to you got to make it happen you got to post your blogs and podcasts and um, so dreaming is still hard work. You recorded your own version of Via Dolorosa. Yeah, and made your mother happy. Oh yeah, that song was a huge hit for Sandy Patty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why? Uh, of course, to make your mom happy, a little tongue-in-cheek, but mm-hmm. maybe a little more serious than that. But why, why did you re-record it? Well, it's a powerful song because of the story, not the music, I think, because the, the power of what Christ did. It, it, it just paints a picture pretty clear, and the, the emotional bed is there, you know, in A minor, and then shifts to that major lift going to the chorus mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, amplify the victory of what he did, the power of what he did. And somehow, you know, it... It became bigger than the sum of all its parts. And Sandy, of course, with Greg Nelson producing, translated into Spanish. So it, went, it automatically went into the Latin-speaking world uh, and keeps blowing up. You know, the last couple of years, someone re-recorded it in Brazil. And it got really big on pop radio in Brazil. Wow! Because it's it's pretty hard to get around that you know that that, that pivotal moment in history, and so somehow Niles Borp and I captured that in a, a three or four minutes to to focus on. And several Miss Americas have danced or sung to it. And Heather Whitestone, who was deaf, one Miss America dancing to it. So it's just one of those things that goes beyond you and like you know. I just feel like the boy who brought his loaves and fish that day, and the Lord multiplied it. Right, and it's it's uh, it's got to be an amazing feeling when you see the effect that that song has ha- has had on people, 
and the way it's being used from Miss America to being recorded in Brazil right. to, uh, of course, Sandy Patty. Yeah. It is, and I, I, that's why I still love this sort of thing, sitting here with you and the, the media. I look at songs like uh, they're arrows, you know? Mm-hmm. So I craft this arrow, we drench it in the gospel, and we can shoot it out you know, on our own websites and stuff, but to get the media, you guys are the bow. You know, you, you put this thing on the bow and let it fly. And as you said, you're in, you know, your podcasts are in 60 countries. We can reach the uttermost parts of the world with electrons in the yep. sound of our voice. And music, you know, has a way of getting inside people. And, and it has a, a hook in it that they continue to play it over and over again. So I'm excited again to shoot some songs out there with the help of the media to, to aim at hearts again. This, uh, this recent project, Songs in the Key of All, was truly a, a family affair with you. Yeah, really gratifying. It's it's just a God thing. You can't make your kids musical, right? Uh, just like you, it's hard to get them to make their bed, right? And <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, whose turn is it to unload the dishwasher? Um, but as it turns out, my daughter, my 16-year-old Willow, is a terrific singer. Natural, great ear for harmony. And my, my 15-year-old is a great drummer, so we lead worship together. I brought him a djembe, an African drum from Mali a few years ago, and he just slams on that thing. Wow. And so I got him, I got him you know, both on this project. Willow sings two songs and sings harmony throughout, and Wyatt plays on a song, that one of the songs that Phil Keggy played on. And so it's just a joy, and to stand up and lead worship, I, I'd almost rather sing harmony to my daughter than me sing the lead vocal, you know? Right. It's awesome. Right. How exciting, man. So you are currently the worship leader at Edgewater Alliance Church in Edgewater, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you balance being a worship leader uh, uh, in, a, uh, in an active church or still working on your music? Well, number one is, you know, you have to have a family and a, a pastor uh, who, who knows, who values that and knows that's a part of my wiring and part of my calling and I'm assigned to that. It, you know, songwriting is not really something I do. It's a part of who I am. It's how I navigate the world. If something happens, I, I, I'll write a song about it. And in worship leading, I get to write songs that can be applied to the mission this weekend. I wrote a song recently out of Psalm 139 called Search Me and just introduced it to the church and we'll use it periodically when it fits for a time of confession and intimacy with the Lord. But my pastor is very open. He says, I know you have other, you know, fires to attend and, um, and that's why I'm here. And he said, you go do what you need to do. And I've got a great backup worship leader who's, who can step in. So you have to have a setting where, where your pastor values that and knows, you know, songs in the Kiva can reach beyond us and, and be a resource for for people all over the world, and that I, it's going to require me to come and go some. When fans and people new to uh, Billy Sprague pick up uh, songs in the key of all, what will they what will they hear? Well, they'll hear the uh, hopefully the cream of the crop, the harvest of worship songs I've written really over the last eight or nine years as a worship leader. Um, and if they listen to the whole thing, I've I've sequenced it like a worship experience. There's a couple of very short instrumentals that give you a, a pause to reflect. One of the things, um, you know, in our input-driven age in churches, you know, you just cram song after song. 
And do we have a time for prayer or reverence? Do we use, you know, as Ada Betozer said, we've lost our sense of majesty of, of approaching God in adoring silence. Can we do that? Uh, we have so much input coming from the platform, from the preacher. When do we just get quiet before him? So I've got a, several extended outros on some songs that just create a bed for you to be in the presence of the Lord. And hopefully people will enter into an intimacy and an awe of the Lord as they listen to the whole thing. Of course, you can go to any single song that is your favorite, but I've sequenced it in a way that I hope it will take you on a, you know, an almost an hour long as you drive down the road. You can celebrate, you can confess, you can uh, draw close to the Lord, and you can have a little bit of silence where a lyric's not coming at you, just a guitar and piano. And um, So I hope it creates an environment where people can draw near to the Lord. Who are you? Who are you listening to right now, Billy? Uh, I listen. To, I, I listen to what my kids are listening to. You know, go <laughs> down. Uh, you know, Imagine Dragon and all the and the pop stuff. And but I love I love all the worship music that's. I was in Nashville a long time, and I really like what God did uh, in the last twenty years. Worship music is is being birthed all over the planet by worship leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chris Tomlin, all these guys, Paul Beloche, all these guys, Lincoln Brewster, they're worship leaders, really gifted musicians. Um, and you don't have to come to Nashville to make good music. You can make good music anywhere. There are great players on the front range. I just, Dave Beagle is a virtuoso guitarist who plays on Cut 5 here. And, or I can send a track, Phil Keggy plays on two. You can make the music and uh, and it, it's birthing. So I listen to a lot of, you know, looking for worship songs. I, I, I scan a lot of worship songs, trying to find songs that really express um, our congregation, our people's heart toward the Lord. And not and I like the old stuff. My daughter has fallen in love with the hymns mm. and says, boy, Dad, these have great melodies. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why, why do you think they're still around? So... I, I listen, and I love the pop stuff. I still check out, you know, what James Taylor's doing and the yeah. Sting and um, Paul McCartney, the stuff I was weaned on. Sure. Uh, but I listen to a lot of worship music, looking for great worship songs, um, and listen to what my kids are listening to. It, you know, we talked a few minutes ago about what uh, what Kickstarter has done for the music business and how it's changed the music business and how it's changed business in general, funding of business. The digital, uh, the digital age, I was just speaking a, a couple weeks back with uh, uh, Michael Sweet from Striper, and uh, he, um, he just did a project with, of all people, George Lynch from Dokken, wow. a heavy metal band. And uh, we were talking about how he put that project together, very similar. George was in one place, he was in another place, you know, all across the country, they, they, they did this, they, put, they arranged the music, and they, they never, I don't think they met at all to put this project together. And it's just a beautiful thing that you can do now. It's, it just yeah. makes it so easy for people to... to, to collaborate. Um, to collaborate, yeah. you know? And join those streams. Uh, it, and there's nothing like, I still like delivering the music live. There's nothing like... Uh, sitting and having someone sing a song to you live, but for create for creativity, boy, it it brings the cost down. Uh, you can get great drummers in Nashville for a hundred dollars, hundred twenty five dollars a song. Take the file over to their house into their their drum room, and Steve Brewster, these guys, they will just slam down a kicking drums 
on your song that you, you built up, you know, in, digitally. So, yeah, the creative landscape is great. And Kickstarter has really uh, empowered the creative process and, and, and sidestepped the gatekeepers who said, you, you may or may not enter. We're going to spend money on you not. We believe in you or not. You can be true to the, your own creative voice. And if you build a network who says, yeah, we're with you, they'll send you 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 100 bucks, 1,000 bucks. And those streams added together are really fortifying. I, I, I know I'm here because Kick, the people in Kickstarter believed I needed to do this again. And they believed in the songs that this, somehow this music matters because it carries hope and truth and light and that's part of my assignment and so I get very there's a lot of wind in my sails from uh, from being uh, as we said on the front range you know life is a group hike it's not a so, it, it's not a solo journey Billy we've been a little bit all over the place here we certainly haven't taken a linear path in this mm. conversation and uh, on this album what is your what would you say is is your standout personally what is your favorite well if I had to pick one because my my daughter sings two songs and I wrote a song called overflow that started some years ago um, Psalm 45 1 says my heart overflows with a noble theme as I recite my verse to the king and my tongue is the pen of a ready writer or a skillful writer it's a real songwriter uh, scripture, right? Uh, that my heart overflows. And I did a study and looked at the scriptures of the word overflow, and it's everywhere. And the whole concept is, you know, we have to draw near the Lord. He has to fill us so we have something to give. And so it's, it's this daily, his mercies are new every morning. You have to go to him and get full. So I wrote this song as a prayer and was going to sing it. And I went, no, I think Willow needs to sing this one. So it's cut three. It's going to be the second single. Um, and we've released the first single, which is Life Begins Now, which is an Easter-related song that I wrote for Easter a couple of years ago because um, I was baptized on Easter. And Easter is not just pivotal in the history of the planet, it's pivotal in my own personal history. And, uh, but Overflow, if I had to pick one, you know, I would uh, step away from the mic and let Willow step up. I can't wait to introduce people to, um, you know, you, the next generation of, yeah. the next musical iteration of my genetic lineage and, and my grace story. You know, just that, um, you know, I, I don't know if you know my we, we can talk about that in a minute of, yeah. of a time I really went through that was a dark time. But uh, Willow, my, you know, you want your kids to outshine you. So if I had to pick one, I would pick Overflow and say, Willow, sing my heart. You know, I've always, I've always felt, Billy, um, I have three daughters. Oh, uh, and, awesome. Uh, I've always felt that the ultimate place of honor for a father is in the shadow of their children. So let's take a second and listen to Overflow.
excellent. She's going to kill you, bro. We drove through last August on the, on the move, and we, we spent the four days here finishing and recording. And she stood up every day at the mic, just working, working, working. It's just... How cool. Just look at the... Produ- Jim, go, how does she know to choose those notes? <laughs> <laughs> well, Billy, she certainly had an influence, so... Yeah, uh, she's been around the music thing. You bet. From this, uh, from this album, Songs in the Key of All... That has, uh, that has spawned a, a, a couple different projects for you, hasn't it? Yeah, one of them is from the song Overflow. Um, I've been asked to come alongside some worship teams and mentor and uh, do some weekend workshops. So I'm launching Overflow Weekend Workshops, and Compassion International is partnering with me um, to help me go in, defray some of the costs for churches, to bring me in. I want to bring my daughter Willow in and maybe you know, my son Wyatt to play djembe and drums. Come in on a Friday and meet with worship teams, do some seminars and practicums and teaching on Saturday, uh, rehearse worship and lead worship on Sunday, and then pitch child sponsorships for Compassion on Sunday so that uh, under the umbrella of you know worship as a lifestyle, not just the music we do, but our lives need to overflow in the things that uh, are on God's heart. And certainly Compassion is in the business of of overflowing the re- the overflowing resources in the West that we have, overflowing toward uh, an individual child somewhere in the world. You know, 1.2 million children are sponsored. So uh, I'm really excited to get out and mix it up with people from my experience worship leading to, to mentor some people in the nuts and bolts of leading worship, but also worship as a lifestyle, the condition of the heart that becomes that you invite God to fill you to overflowing so you have something to give, not just 20 minutes of music on Sunday, but 24-7 as you live your life. How exciting, man. Yeah. How exciting. Can we talk a little bit about you and your faith? Sure. How did you come to believe in Jesus Christ? I was raised in uh, West Texas in a little town, and we didn't didn't grow up going to church, but for some reason with five kids— about the eighth grade, my parents took us to church. Maybe they needed a day off and a morning off. But I met uh, a Sunday school teacher, Virginia Sochet, and who made us, uh, you know, memorize scripture. The first one she made us memorize was, "I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength." And then Micah six eight, he showed you what is good. What does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. So she. And she loved us into, she was Jesus to me. And then Ron Lowe was a a youth director and the choir director. And they really showed me Jesus and showed me the God who wasn't distant, who wasn't out there somewhere, but loved you and liked you um, and had an amazing plan for you. And I was a skinny little West Texas kid. So under their influence, uh, I came to the Lord my sophomore year of high school and was baptized that Easter uh, and began my walk, but really, my faith got my own when I had I was diagnosed with scoliosis, curvature of the spine. Mm. Had to have surgery, two steel rods put in my back. You know, I had to skip a year of school. All my classmates went on to school. I was in a body cast for nine months, and I I played a little guitar, but I played every day, and I read the New Testament for the first time, just to check it out and read it as a story. Wow. That applied to me, not just in general that, you know, God loved the world, but he loved me. Mm-hmm. And it really, uh, my faith became my own and then headed back to college. Um, and, and so that, that was my roots. I got really grounded in, in grace 
um, that God, um, I was off the hook, that, and that God not only um, loved me in general because he had to, he liked me and was, was for me. He wasn't against me. Um, what and, a perspective, Billy. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we hear about God's love. And this is a, that's a, I don't know if I've ever heard it put that way. And if I've never, I've been a believer for about 20 years, but you know, the most powerful thing is love. We know that. And I don't yeah. want to discount that. Yeah. But when you said God doesn't only love me, but he likes me. Yeah. And it actually says it in scripture. In yeah. Psalm 18, it says, he reached down from heaven and pulled me out of deep waters when my enemy was too strong for me. And he rescued me because he delighted in me. Very cool. Yeah. Billy, have you ever had a time in your life since believing in Jesus Christ where you doubted your faith or maybe even the existence of God? I doubted, I doubted who he was. I don't know that I doubted his existence. Like C.S. Lewis, when his, his wife died, he said, I didn't doubt God. I began to doubt what he was like. I want, began to wonder what he was like. If he's in charge, then why this? And so I went through a season in, in full stride in the late 1980s. I was in love with a young woman, and we were going to spend our lives together. And got that dreaded phone call on a Saturday, November 18th. There's been an accident, Roses with Jesus. And you can't take in, what are you saying? Joe White of Camp Canicut called me, and his voice was trembling. What are you saying, Joe? You can't take that in, uh, that life could turn on a dime like that. And it can. We are, um, we are fragile, right? And we're susceptible to the forces of physics. Right. So she was in a car wreck and gone. And so I went into the darkest valley of my life wrestling with, uh, and I'd been singing a song called La Vie, Life is Hard But God is Good. Uh, and I found a little hesitation when I, Life is Hard But God is what is he? Is he really in charge? Is he indifferent? Is he, um, did an angel miss a block? Um, why? I would run the universe differently than this, but is he good? And Psalm 27 talks about, you know, on the day of trouble, the psalmist says, you know, I will m make music to the Lord uh, on the day of trouble. And in saying, I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, that we don't have to wait till heaven, that God's goodness will come through, but will it, will it show up on the day of trouble? Mm. So it was a real testing time, and I, I, had, I was in danger of becoming pretty cynical and muted, and, and as one of my friends put it, uh, you, you can find a manageable level of melancholy, just a, a manageable level of melancholy, and, and trudge on. But did, you, did Rose fall in love with you because you were a trudger? You were full of life. Rose would want you to be full of life again. And if you cross the finish line and she goes, oh, you trudged. Mm. That it, so was, does faith work? Does it bring you through the hard times? Can it bring you back to life? And I ran into so many people in that season who had decided they would just trudge. Right. And that, that, that I will just bear this and be a good soldier, but either they never loved again, they never trusted again, they never fully engaged in life again, and they were, as Thoreau described, they were leading lives of quiet desperation. Right. 
So God uh, wasn't going to allow that for me, and I had great friends who came alongside me, and one of them prayed for me, a Dutch man I met in Sweden. We were in Barcelona for the Olympics in 92, and he prayed this simple prayer for me, and I would pray it for anybody out there who's, who's, um, with, who's got a knotted fist in their heart about the, the hard things that have happened to you and, and why God allows that. He prayed this simple prayer. Lord, let Billy's memories be, not be anchors he has to drag along the bottom. Turn them to treasures he can carry with him. And I was different. I was different after that prayer. It was two years later, and just about that time, I met Kelly, who I'm married to now for 20 years. We have these three beautiful kids. God had another great story up his sleeve, and he didn't want me to just be a trudger. But it was a real test to see, is is the power of God real on the day of trouble? And I found that it was. That's a beautiful story, Billy. Well, it's it's a God story. story. It's it's a grace story. And I think the world is is desperate to know, can I get through those things and not know all the answers, but can I get back to life? Billy, as we wrap up, you can, uh, you can hear Overflow playing in the background. As we wrap up, what would you say to that person that is right on faith's edge, about to make that choice to believe or not to believe in God? I would say lean into it. Uh, our old preacher used to say lean into it. Um, and the, the act of faith is, is, a lot like, is not as mysterious as you think. You have faith in things all day long. You, you sit down in a chair and you trust that the chairmaker... <laughs> made it solid enough, you're not going to fall off, fall down. We trust all the time. And um, for some reason, God likes this faith thing that blessed are those who believe and have not seen. And so uh, it's a leaning. You lean your life. Every day you get up and you lean your life on your car. You lean your life on all kinds of things. It's a matter of deciding, you know what, and crying out to him, Lord, if you're there, I'm going to lean my life on you. I'm going to lean my life on you. And you begin to say that and do that, and God will lean back and carry you. I don't think we can say anything more than that. Billy Sprague, the project is called Songs in the Key of All, and it's good, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out. Yeah, God bless. God bless you, brother. Songs in the Key of All is available at Amazon.com, and Billy's website is BillySpragueMusic.com. These links, as well as uh, Billy's Facebook and Twitter links, can be found in today's show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 53. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 53. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you to Billy Sprague for being with us today, and thank you for listening. You mean a lot to me, and you mean a lot to the show. God is real, He loves you, and so do I. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you. you